welcome back to the home birth experience. We are so excited to bring you this episode today. We are sitting here inside, unfortunately, because it is glorious out there today. Um, it is sunny. And when I took my walk this morning at nine o'clock, it was already in the fifties. It was just beautiful. So yeah. Hello, everyone. I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Christina Maddox. Hello, Christina. Hi, everybody. Hi, Julia. Hey. Hey, girl. So we are going to be talking to Tiara today. She delivered her first baby at home on March 7th, and I was her midwife. Christina was assisting. And we are super, super excited mm -hmm. to hear this story, especially since um, she just recently birthed. Uh, it's a fresh story. So we're really grateful that, that she's willing to come on the show and talk about her experience. Um, so here we go. Welcome to the show, Tiara. Hi, Tiara. Thanks for having me. I'm so proud of you guys. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. <laughs> so if um, everyone hasn't already heard, Tiara is on a podcast as well. And I was a guest on her podcast, uh, yes. The Boss Code. Yes, The Boss Code. Check it out on iTunes, Spotify, all of those major systems. Yep, for sure. I'd always wanted to do a podcast. And then after being invited onto Tiara's podcast, I, I was sold. I said, you know what? I've been dreaming about doing this for years. And you were the motivating factor that got mm -hmm. it going. So thanks for that. And you did it. You did it. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Tiara, how many weeks postpartum are you now? I am seven weeks. Yeah, we just celebrated seven weeks on Saturday. That's amazing. And it's your birthday today. So, happy birthday. Mm -hmm. Happy birthday. Thanks, ladies. <laughs> so, let's jump in. I want to ask you first, Tiara. How did you decide or why did you decide to have a home birth, especially this being your first baby? So, um, I always kind of knew I wanted to have a home birth, um, one, because it just seemed to be the natural thing to do, if that makes any sense, but also because I have, um, just kind of like a fear of hospitals. Um, I think that comes from just some of the things I've heard of how black women can be treated sometimes. Not that it's always the case, but there's been a lot of times where black women just aren't treated Oh, I'm sorry. That's Oakland. <laughs> that's okay. We love hearing the baby. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, just instances where black women just aren't given the same care or given the same attention or um, given the same empathy and sympathy that um, their counterparts are. So that was kind of what led to me wanting to do the home birth. Why do you think that is that women, black women, aren't given the same treatment or respect from healthcare providers? Um, I think some of it comes from just um, their preconceived notions of black women, maybe thinking that they can tolerate a lot more pain. Maybe they can, um, oh, I think they have just different preconceived notions that black women can handle things differently or even just from a racial um, aspect that they just don't want to, I don't know, provide the same care to black women. <laughs> I'm yeah. sorry. The baby really distracted me there. That's okay. Yeah, I can, I can see that. So 
Did you experience any of that? Because before you interviewed me, you had already received some prenatal care. Did you experience any of that with your providers? No, I don't think that I did. Um, I had pretty standard care. I didn't really have much interaction. I mean, the interaction was always very minimal. Um, and I don't think that had anything to do with race, but I just think that's the way that um, medical care is given these days. So, no, I don't think I experienced that. Yeah. I do have a lot of black women reach out to me about home birth and they always say that it's not something that's common in their culture. How do you think yeah. that we could help spread the word? Um, I think doing what you're doing right now, the podcast, that's awesome. Um, and having, having more clients like me, I don't know how many you've had in all of the out of all the clients you've had, but I'm sure just having more of us to advocate with you and for you and for the home birth um, experience in general, I think that would help. Yeah, I, I agree. And it's, it's sad to me. I've had, like I said, many black women reach out to me and they say, my doctor treats me like I don't know what I'm talking about. And it makes me yeah. really upset. Like I am ignorant and I'm not an ignorant yeah. person. Yep. It's really, really unfortunate. As far as how many black women I've had, actually, the very first birth I ever attended was a black woman. Um, oh, cool. It was super cool. Never met her before. The midwife I was working with had never met her before. And we got called because uh, the midwife who was caring for her was on vacation. And she thought, oh, my client's 37 weeks. It's her first baby. She won't go early. Well, sure enough, she did. So she called us. Wow. And and we stepped in not even knowing her. So, yeah, my my first official home birth as a midwife um, was a black woman. And since living in Cleveland since October 2018, you're only the second black woman that I've served. And I've had um, around 20 births. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Well, I'm sure that's going to increase because I'm always talking about my mm -hmm. experience. And I think that's another way for um, awareness to increase is for the black women that have experienced it to share it more. Uh, when you share it, people are more interested and they have questions. And I'm very um, open on my social media account, my Instagram. And I had been very open about my experience. So a lot of girls and women had messaged me in, the, in my um, DMs and just asking questions and just saying how cool it is and how they've never known anyone who personally has had a home birth. So just being that person for them, I'm sure now some of them may even consider it or advocate for it more. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. Good job. I'm so proud of mm -hmm. you for stepping out there and being public with your story and helping other women. That's incredible. Good job. Yeah, I'm actually thinking about documenting my experience um, and maybe like a short little ebook. So I'll keep you posted on that. Okay. That would be so mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, we want to hear about it. So yeah. what was important to you in a midwife? How did you choose to hire me? How did I choose to hire you? It's so funny because you were the only one I even interviewed, but I really, really felt that we connected on that first encounter. I didn't feel weird because uh, I was nervous to meet you, obviously. Like, I'm having this person come to my home. I don't know who they are. Um, they could be not – she might not even be a midwife. I watch a lot of Lifetime movies, you know, <laughs> so <laughs> – I was a little nervous, but as soon as you walked in my home, you just had this 
very just down to earth vibe. You didn't come off as a know it all. You didn't come off as, you know, too timid and like you didn't know anything at all. <laughs> you, I don't know, you just had a really great aura. Um, you listened to me. You were very patient. I didn't feel rushed at all with you. Um, and I just really enjoyed our connection. So as soon as you left, I was like, oh my God, I really liked what I feel with her. And then you also have mentioned God in some part of our conversation and that's huge to me. So I think when I asked you what made you um, want to become a midwife and you said that you feel like God called you to it and I thought, oh my God, this girl, this is the person that's supposed to help me with this. So those are some of the factors that drew me to you, Julia. (laughs) (laughs) And I was so excited because after meeting you and talking with you, I felt the same way. I just thought this woman is so incredible and she's going to have such an awesome home birth. And I really hope that she chooses me to serve her. I was so honored when you gave me the phone call and the the thumbs up. I was, I was really, really excited. Yeah, we did it. We did have an awesome experience, didn't we? <laughs> we did, man. It was fun. We had laughs. We had, we had some good times. And so going into kind of talking about your prenatal care all at your house, um, can you share your experience of, you know, just what your prenatal care was like from your perspective? loved my prenatal care because honestly it was, it was exactly what I would be doing if I was going to a doctor's office minus the some of the other tests and labs and all that stuff but um it's it was you know I got the listen to my baby's heartbeat um you checked all these different I don't know all the things you checked but I feel like they were important <laughs> to be checked so I really enjoyed that and I just like the um, being at home Um, I got to come home from work and I'd be waiting for Julia to get here and she'd get here and it was like an appointment, but also kind of like a catch up with a friend. So it was always very intimate. And I think that was, that was amazing. Absolutely. Building that relationship with your midwife is so important. I really think it affects the way that your birth goes. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, it's crucial. I agree. If I wasn't comfortable with either of you, I think that would have hindered things, or I definitely think things would have went differently mm-hmm. if I felt uncomfortable or, you know. Yeah. Not confident or connected. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. You really, I always tell people you have to click. Like, you have to click and you have to feel confident with the person you choose to be on this journey yeah. with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. For and speaking sure. of confidence, um, that was something you always brought. I always felt you were very confident in what you said to me. And um, even after I delivered Oakland, you know, we had a little bit of, of a respiratory scare, but I didn't realize it was a scare at the time because you were so confident and so um, calm and just providing whatever intervention you felt was necessary. So, again, that confidence is just I think it's very huge because I could have been, you know, going crazy. You could have been making me scared, stressing me out, which makes the baby stress out. It makes everyone else stress out. And we could have ended up at the hospital if you didn't have that confidence. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's no, I always tell people there's no room for fear in the birth space. And yeah. If I wasn't confident in the training that I've had and my abilities to um, intervene when necessary, then, you know, I probably would be scared. But, yeah, you know, after all that training and 
um, seeing so many things. Not that I won't come across something that I've never seen before, but that's why you study in the books, you know, because you may not see it all in person. Right. Yeah. So we got to meet your boyfriend a couple of times. You met Christina and Christina's little baby Beatrix. Mm-hmm. And Yes, I love Christina. Mm-hmm. Me too. I don't know what I would do without oh, her. Oh, my guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then towards the end of your pregnancy, I want to highlight something, though. During your pregnancy, during your prenatal care, You had said something a couple of times, and it was, I can't wait to see what this body can do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that spoke volumes to me. I thought, you know what? This woman is such a believer in God and her body, and she trusts birth. And you repeated that a couple of times. God made my body do this and I can't wait to see what my body can do. And yeah. Yeah. You remember saying that? I do. And I did say it often. I didn't even, I didn't even think about it. <laughs> and I think that not, it's not just prenatal care, but that mindset and that yeah, confidence. Huge. Yes, absolutely. Believing in yourself, believing in your body, trusting birth, trusting God's creation and the way that he created our bodies. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you also said, I can't wait to breastfeed. Yeah. Yeah. You already from Jump Street knew this is why God gave me breasts. This is yep. how I'm going to nourish my child. And you had a hundred percent confidence from day one. And I was so so proud of you for that and so happy to see that in you. Yeah, I never doubted that I could do it. Um, and a lot of that came from, um, one, just witnessing the things that your body goes through during pregnancy. So as I was seeing my body change, I'm thinking, oh, my God, this is so amazing. And I can't believe I can do this. So if, if I could do this without even thinking about it. I know I could give birth. I know I could do this naturally without any intervention, without any pain meds. I can handle this. And um, also just my faith in God, too. Like you said, I'm, I'm very big in that. And I just was confident that, you know, women were, have been doing this for centuries since Adam and Eve. I mean, we don't need the hospital all the time. So I was just confident that I'm healthy. Um, God's got me. And I know I could do this. <laughs> And you did it. (laughs) Yeah, I did. And then it did get to a point where I was like, oh, my God, I don't know if I could do this anymore. But I had to just kind of keep repeating in my mind, you can do this. You're going to meet your baby soon. That was the biggest thing. You're going to meet your baby really soon. Mm -hmm. You're going to meet your baby really soon. Yeah. Yeah. I think the mental part is the biggest piece. And. I learned a lot of that through the book you had recommended me on your very first visit with me, which was um, Ina May's Guide to, I forget the complete title, but Ina May's was, Guide to Childbirth. Yes, that book was like life changing. It truly was life changing. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad you had recommended it to me, but that also helped me and confirmed that I can do this. Mm-hmm. And that's an awesome point that you bring up. I always... I'm amazed. You don't have to think about or do anything to grow a human life inside of your body. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah, you know, and and if you take that, like you said, into birth and breastfeeding, well, if you're growing this baby and you're not even thinking about it, then you're going to be able to birth it without thinking about it. You're going to be able to breastfeed without thinking about exactly. it. Exactly. Of course, exactly. it's important to have healthy nutrition, exercise, to care of our bodies, all those things. Like we have to do our part, but at the end of the day, you're not thinking about it. The human is growing inside of you. And yeah, back to our reoccurring theme, it's just about being a passenger and surrendering right. to it. Yes, surrender. That was the keyword. That was um, a keyword in the book that you recommended, a keyword that you always said to me, and a keyword I just kept in my mind, like, just go with the flow. Yeah. Like, don't intervene. Don't try to do anything extra. There's nothing you can do. Just be the vessel for this baby to come out of, and that that's all I did. I just, because you didn't even tell me what to do. My friends were so amazed that you didn't have to tell me to push, that you didn't have to tell me to do anything she was like julia literally just sat there and just kept saying you're doing a great job tiara you did exactly what you were supposed to do which was encourage me Mm -hmm. because i needed that (laughs) but also you didn't have to tell me you know how to give birth and i didn't have to tell myself i mean my body was just doing it even when i got to the point of pushing i remember asking you am i supposed to be pushing right now because i'm just doing it i didn't think about it i'm not Mm -hmm. forcing it it's just happening. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, yeah, just mm-hmm. do whatever you go with what you feel. And that's what I did. For sure. You did it. You did it, girl. Yeah. I think maybe we should change the podcast name, like you said, Christina, birth <laughs> surrender. <laughs> yeah. Birth surrender. I like that name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe I have to take that name for my book. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, and I say that jokingly because when I was like I was thinking about doing this book, I kept saying I'm gonna call it the home birth experience, not even realizing that that's your podcast name. <laughs> but I told Dante, I go, Oh my god, they have that name already. So we had already checked to see if it had been like patented and used. <laughs> yeah. And I felt like an idiot, like I wonder if that's why I thought about it, because I kind of, I've seen it before and just stuck in my mind. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Sorry to get off topic. Oh, that's okay. Well, yeah, you're too late. We got it already. Sorry. <laughs> we can edit. <laughs> um, okay, so you you wanted him to come early. Yeah. Not early, too early, but you were like, this baby's coming by 40 weeks. You said March 1st. I remember, right? It was yeah. March 1st. I put it yeah. in the calendar that Tiara's baby coming was coming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, and I always kind of like, uh-huh, yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep, you do. Very nicely. <laughs> yeah. I just humor everyone. Like, my babies normally don't come early, but, you know. Yeah. I could be nice wrong. Yeah. So your mom comes into town. She lived out of town and decided to come in. Uh, when did she get into town? She got here that Saturday before the 1st. So like the 28th, because it's the leap year this year, February 28th. And you really wanted her to be there for the birth. Uh-huh. So that's kind of, that's a lot of pressure. So I saw you on the 29th, right? Yep. 28th, whatever that last day, 28th. One of the two. Yeah, because I remember sitting there, and I think the conversation of castor oil came up. Mm-hmm. Yep. And your mother was just like any grandma would be. I really want 
to see this birth. She was so excited. And yeah. she looks at me as we're finishing our prenatal and walking out the door. And she looks at me and, and so determined, I'm going to see you later. And I thought, oh my, she's serious. She really thinks this grandbaby's coming out tonight. Yep. So take it away. What happened? You go ahead and tell us what happened. <laughs> that is so funny. You're so funny. <laughs> so yeah, um, the doctor's office, before I had stopped going there, they had um, estimated that I would give birth on March 1st. And Julia, when she first saw me and asked me all of her questions, she estimated March 2nd. So um Obviously, that's the date that you're preparing for that you're going to see your child. But I also had read in my studies <laughs> mm-hmm. that a lot of times babies don't come on time. So prior to my mom getting here, I I had done a good job of kind of having it in my mind that, okay, he's going to come when he's ready. You know, March 1st is just kind of a an estimation, and he'll probably come around then. Um, but obviously, when she got here... Um, she was her excitement along with my boyfriend's excitement kind of got me a little anxious and I'm like, Oh my God, I got to have this baby soon. Um, and I probably was thinking this maybe like March 5th, which was like what three or four days late. And I say late in quotation marks. Um, so I was getting stressed out. And by the time that he actually was born, which was the seventh, I had gotten kind of discouraged. I remember saying a really long prayer that morning, like, God, please let my baby come. I'm ready to meet him. I'm sick of the pressure. Um, Not a breaking point because I'm a pretty strong person, but the point that I needed to reach out to God because I was feeling um, very anxious. Um, So prior to that, prior to the 7th, my mom and I got some castor oil because that was something that she was really strong about. Mm-hmm. She felt that if you take the castor oil, you're going to have the baby. So by, I think this was maybe day four or five of being past the um, estimated due date, um, I took some castor oil. It was awful. It was disgusting. And probably about five hours after taking it, I started having contractions. Um, to the point where I end up calling Julia and Julia and Christina end up coming over that night. And of course things plateaued and they end up leaving. And for about 48 hours, I was just feeling on and off contractions. Um, and I'm sure it was because of that castor oil, but I really regretted it after, (laughs) after taking it. And even looking back on it, I, I wish I would have never taken it and just listen to my body and listen to my mind and listen to the baby. The baby's going to come when he's ready. So that was my experience. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes, it was. And you didn't tell your midwife that you did it either. (laughs) Who said that? No. (laughs) Oh, that was so funny. Once I actually found out that you had taken it, I thought, oh, oh, well, this, this may not be the real deal then. But you, yeah. you did have some good productive contractions. You did. You were yeah. working through them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, so then did that cause more anxiety, like that you then had to wait even longer after having those oh my God, contractions? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, more anxiety. Um, yeah. More, yeah. Yeah, like more impatience. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. not patient and just like, why did I even do it? What was the point? And frustration and just kind of kicking myself in the butt. 
It's okay. We all live and learn. Mm-hmm. You didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. So <laughs> tell us about the birth when it actually started going. You had um, some plans that you discussed with me that you were going to try to stream it on the TV downstairs and you were going to have, you know, like four or five girlfriends there and they were all downstairs and you'll be upstairs with the pool in your room. And, and you had, you know, some different visions in your mind of what it was going to look like. So tell us about what actually happened. Yeah, so like you said, um, in my mind, I was going to have my girlfriends over, um, and they were going to just watch it from downstairs. Well, as days got closer, I thought, I really don't want all of them here. Um, So I changed my mind, and I texted them, and I said, I hope you guys understand, but I really don't want anyone here when I give birth, um, except for my one girlfriend, who's like my best friend, and she wouldn't have taken no for an answer anyway. (laughs) So she actually was there, Um, but yeah. I had, a, I had one vision in mind for how I wanted it to go, and I definitely um, changed that around as I started feeling those contractions. So it kind of was a good thing that I took the castor oil mm-hmm. and had those um, false labor pains or early labor pains because that kind of showed me, like, okay, I don't want them here for this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to feel this and have to deal with them. <laughs> I think that's a good thing to highlight for some of our listeners. I always tell my moms, Wait until you have a well-established labor pattern until you call people because absolutely I think people should have whoever they want at their birth. It's their birth. It's their story. They should have the people they want there. But like you were just explaining, once you started feeling those contractions, you felt a little bit different about having all those people in your house. So I think it's important that people... um, you know, kind of wait until they feel what is happening in their body and they can then determine if they want those people there or not. Agreed. Agreed. So, um, yeah, as that, that morning I woke up, um, and I felt that my contractions were a lot more consistent and the intensity was growing. So I reached out to Julia, um, I let her know what was going on and she said, okay, I'll be there in an hour. I think you got to my house around maybe 10, 10 ish or something like that. I yeah. wasn't looking at the clock. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they just kept increasing. So I remember going upstairs um, and telling my boyfriend that I wanted us to take a nap together and cuddle. So we cuddled and we were taking a nap and I woke up to this huge gush of water coming out of me and I like screamed and he jumped up from his sleep like oh my god this baby here he thought I had like I just squirted out the baby I guess I did too actually I didn't know what the heck was going on I was like oh my god did we just have the baby so he runs down Julia who was downstairs with my family kind of just hanging out waiting for me to um you know do my thing so um he went and told julia that my water broke and at that point we already had the pool ready and filled up thank god so as soon as my water broke julia helped me get cleaned up and we got in the water that was probably was about three o'clock ish i think and from three to six thirty i was giving it my all man <laughs> i was um yeah, going through all the motions. What was great, though, I will say with that is because I did read so much about it, I was able to visualize everything that was happening. 
So when I did cross over into transition, when I felt what I was feeling, I thought, oh my God, this is what I read about. This is transition. And since this is transition, you're getting closer. You got this much to go. That kind of was my mindset the entire birth. I, I was visualizing all the things that I had read about, all the things that um, I had prepared for based on what these books had told me and what Julia had told me. So I think that was key too. And, um, I think how well I did in delivery <laughs> because mm-hmm. I kind of knew what to expect versus had I not done any research, had not asked any questions, just didn't know if I was just going into that, um, you know, the fear of the, uh, the, yeah, fear of the unknown. Um, I would have had a different outcome, I think. For sure. But, and you, you did do absolutely amazing. And, That's a really good point as well, that knowing the anatomy and physiology of the body and the mechanics and um, events that take place during birth and the different sensations that come along with that, just that knowledge can be so empowering for a woman during labor. I think even more so than learning um, breathing techniques or comfort measures or things Absolutely. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's your Absolutely. opinion on that? Because you came to the classes that I offered for my clients that were kind of based a little bit, not a lot, but a little bit on hypnobirthing. So there was, you know, breathing techniques, visual, visual, visualizations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, what's your feeling? Cause obviously you just mentioned right off the bat that it was the knowledge that really helped you. Yeah, I thought that class was great, um, and it was. I was so honored that you reached out to me that I could be a part of it for free because <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't love free. <laughs> but I thought it was good. Um, a lot of the things that were discussed, I had kind of read about just in Ina May's book and some other books, but it was also things that I didn't know um, that I had not read about that I learned. Some of those things had been just. Um, different techniques as far as um, relieving pain. I know one of them that I actually did that day was, I think it's called the Rebozo Mm -hmm. um, move or something like that. So my family did that on me and that actually really was helpful. So I was glad I had gone to that class and learned that Mm -hmm. and was able to explain it to them like, hey, you have to do this and this is what it's doing. Um, So that class was awesome and it did help me in labor and delivery. Good. I'm glad. Mm-hmm. So then it, you know, you're in the pool and, and you're feeling like it's time to have this baby. And what I have to go back, I was just thinking about how you said that your friends mentioned all I was really saying to you was you're doing great. You're doing a good job, just encouraging you. And yeah. I laughed so hard when your friend was in the room and I had gone downstairs to grab a bite to eat <laughs> and she told you to breathe and you about, you about bit her head off. <laughs> oh my God. I felt so bad later on after it was all said and done. And it was so funny because she was just trying to be nice and she she's probably thinking, you know, Julia went downstairs, let me step in and try to be nice. <laughs> and she kept and saying, she goes, I was just saying what Julia was saying. I was just saying what Julia was saying. And I thought, and I'm I like, never Julia told her didn't breathe, say that. No. <laughs> yeah. And that's what I said. Julia never said breathe. She never told me what to do. She just encouraged me. <laughs> so she tells me to breathe and I go, shut up. And she literally did not say anything the entire 
time until the baby got there. Mm-hmm. And even then, she was kind of quiet. Like, I don't know if I should be talking now. Tiara might tell me to shut up. <laughs> <laughs> that was funny. Oh, <laughs> Sometimes it's hard to hear directions like that from people who aren't going through it, like your friend or your, even like a boyfriend. It's like, I don't want to hear that from you. It's not helpful. It's not helpful, and you're kind of already in your own rhythm anyway. So it's like I don't need any. I don't need that right now. Right. I know it. I got this. Just tell I got me I'm doing this. good. <laughs> exactly. Just tell me I'm doing a good job. Yeah. That's all I need to hear. So do I say things <laughs> that pull you out of your rhythm? No. No. That's you're what I'm so saying. Crazy. Like I tried to tell her, like, no, you're not doing what Julia did. Right. Julia, <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. All right. And even if now. you did, I, I probably still wouldn't have received it that way. I don't know. You're the, you're the professional. <laughs> so I have a golden ticket then. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we were in the water. I was laboring. I will say, as it got closer to what I felt was um, pushing time, you had said. Um, I forgot what I said, but your response was, you know, if you get on your knees or if you get in an upright position, that gravity will help um, get the baby down. And I had already known that, and I had been saying to myself the entire pregnancy, like, I'm going to be giving birth on my hands and knees because I need gravity. Well, when I got down to it, by the time I had gone through all those um, contractions, I was like, I can't, there's no way I can get on my hands and knees. There's no way. So when you told me that, it was like, oh my God, I've got to do it. So I finally got over and did that. And it was like, from there, we I, I feel like we saw much progression um, with Oakland's delivery. But um, that was one other thing you did tell me that I did already know, but I did need to hear it again. Um, again, encourage me to do what I got to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So at that point, your partner had kind of been a little bit apprehensive to be in the room. And I bring this up because a lot of my clients talk about their partners not being sure about home birth, being scared to be there, like not, you know, not knowing what it's going to look like and all those kind of things. And so you're getting towards pushing and I yelled for him and I told him, you better be in this room right now. I was not oh, yeah. giving him a choice. Oh yeah. <laughs> How was you're that awesome for him? That I don't think I ever talked to him about that. How was it for him to come into the room? Um, he needed to, um, he is very sensitive to, things like birth <laughs> he has a child he has a um little boy already so he's gone through it before and he said it he, he described it to be kind of traumatic for him so he was very anxious and very nervous to be in the room and to kind of go through that again even though this was a totally different experience this is at home this is in a pool um so he was just very anxious so he like you said he had been out of the room most of my um labor and I was okay with that um I just needed the people to make me um comfortable in the room so had he been in the room and he's feeling anxious and nervous that probably would have rubbed off on me and messed up my flow so I didn't give him a hard time about not being in the room but yeah definitely when it was go time and Julia made that call yeah get in here it's time and I think he didn't necessarily want to but he knew that I think he can see the severity in my face and Julia's that you need to sit here (laughs) and he he talks about it like it was nowhere near as nowhere near what he was thinking 
and he 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 admits to that. So he's glad that he didn't miss it and that he was there. <laughs> Good, I'm glad. Yeah. yeah. So you we call him in and you push out a baby just like a goddess. It was mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah, it was crazy. I kept pushing, kept pushing. I feel like I was pushing for like. I don't know. And it was funny because in the books that I had read, when women would say I was pushing for hours, I'm thinking, why were they pushing for hours or how can that be? And I'm pretty sure I pushed for like an hour. Yeah, you did. Um, <laughs> Which is so normal. I kept, yeah, I kept feeling down there thinking that, okay, after this push, I'm going to feel this baby's head. So I kept feeling and I didn't feel a head. And I even got to the point where I was getting frustrated I think even with, not with Julia, but I got frustrated at Julia. I'm like, Julia, when is this kid coming? <laughs> and you're like, I think you're very close. I'm like, what the F is very close? <laughs> <laughs> and I instantly felt bad. Like, it's not Julia's fault. <laughs> <laughs> so I kept pushing, kept pushing. And then eventually I heard a pop and I screamed and I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, oh my God, that's, that's his head. So I felt and oh my god I felt his head and I felt all this hair because hmm. I thought that I was going to have a bald head baby because everyone kept saying that if you didn't have any heartburn your your kid's not going to have hair so when I felt all that hair I'm like oh my god this is my kid and from there I knew like okay you got to do one or two more pushes and this baby's going to come out I knew it wasn't going to be much longer um so I kind of just got my I mustered up some strength because I, I didn't feel like I had anymore and I did that one last push and he came out and the cord wasn't wrapped around him at all and he was just wide-eyed and perfect and it was so amazing like I recently watched the video that I did record of it or my girlfriend recorded and I was just like in tears the whole time watching it and just kind of reliving the moment and it was just so amazing I still can't believe that I did that. It was amazing. You were amazing. It was beautiful. You really were. You really were. Thank you. I surrendered. You did. (laughs) You surrendered. (laughs) The key word. Yeah. Yeah. So he was born in the water and, um, I don't think you were in the water for too long and we got out and he was looking good. He was breathing and like you said, wide eyed and beautiful. And he did have a lot of hair. He's such a cute little guy. (laughs) He's so cute. I miss him already. My mom came up here and took him so I could finish this interview. And I'm like, I miss him. (laughs) I love it. I love it. Yeah. So then, um, you had mentioned earlier that he needed a little bit of help and it was probably about a solid hour that I had to be on him. He, you know, his lungs were just a little bit wet and, and he was just so chill. He just didn't really want to put a lot of effort in. (laughs) He's still like that. (laughs) And I loved that you said to him, Oakland, you're going to have to start breathing better because we're not going to the hospital, buddy. And I know that you know how to do this. And you had a confidence. You weren't scared. You had already stepped into your role as mother and just were so instinctual. And I think that that made a lot of difference. Um, Also, 
that I don't take the baby away when the baby needs a little help. I always leave baby on mom. Um, because I think that skin to skin is part of helping the baby. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. I agree. Yeah. And you did such an amazing job, um, of, you know, being a part of that. And eventually he was fine, you know? Yeah. Yeah, he was. And like I said, you, again, your response, I kind of just was going off of you and, like I said, because you weren't scared, I wasn't scared, and my faith in God, I kind of was praying in my head, like, I know he did not get me this far for us to eventually have to go to the hospital. And I know that that happens sometimes. It's not a bad thing, but I just knew my God <laughs> <laughs> wasn't going to do that to me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I, I was confident that he would, um, he was going to get it together. He was just, you know, taking his time as he had done the entire pregnancy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you delivered the placenta without any complications. Yeah, that was so crazy. My girlfriend caught the craziest picture of that. Um, Oh, my God. Have you did you share that picture with anyone? I haven't because like I said to you, I think it's the most phenomenal one of the most phenomenal pictures I have. But I just have a thing about keeping birth sacred and keeping a woman's body sacred. And so as amazing as it is, I just haven't that's shared okay. it. That's okay. That's <laughs> okay. And I'm I okay if you ever decide to. <laughs> you know, keep that, protect your privacy. Oh, well, it's the coolest picture. And yeah, we delivered that thing. And it was funny because um, I thought I had read that it needed to be out within a certain time or you would hemorrhage or some type of complication. So like Julia said, for an hour, she spent um, time trying to get Oakland's respirations under control um and then it was like another maybe 30 to 45 minutes after that before my placenta came out and I I kind of was nervous with that and I remember asking you like is this okay and you were so confident in your response which was oh yeah um and you said something else but either way your confidence rubbed off on me again like okay everything's going to be okay. Julia said it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. (laughs) And it was. While I was doing resuscitation on Oakland, I also was kind of bopping back and forth monitoring to see if you were having blood loss to make sure that your uterus was still firm. Um, So I was monitoring both and I knew that the placenta had not detached from the uterine wall. So we, um, you know, we just waited patiently because as long as it's, you know, not detached and you're not bleeding, there's really no rush to get the placenta out. So yeah, we just waited. And, and once it was time, you, you know, gave me a little cough, little push and your friend caught that amazing picture. And then we had a placenta and, um, a really pretty minimal blood loss, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, everything. I still can't. I still can't believe just how well everything went. Um, because I barely bled. I think I was done bleeding like three days after delivery. And I think even at. I think it was that 
appointment that you came to where you asked me, you're like, oh my God, I'm like, yeah, I'm not bleeding anymore. Um, I actually just had my period yesterday. I started it and I was like, oh my God, I forgot that this happens. I forgot that we go through this as women. It's been so long. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, it was so beautiful, and he had no problems nursing, latched right away after, you know, he got his breathing under control, and your family was so cute and so supportive. It was such a beautiful, beautiful birth. Yeah, it was. I, I had It was perfect. It really was. Um, everyone who was there, it, it was who was supposed to be there, which was, it was my mom, my dad, my aunt, my boyfriend, and my best friend. And it was just perfect. It was the perfect, um, like I say, village of people and village of support um, for that moment. It was really cool. That's wonderful. Yeah. So how's your postpartum been? It's been great. Everything's been great. I haven't, um, I haven't had any issues. I just love being his mom. I love waking up every day and doing the same thing mm-hmm. <laughs> over and over and over, which is... You know, feed the baby, love the baby, clothe the baby, feed the baby, love the baby, clothe the baby, change the baby, all that stuff. So I love it. I haven't gone into any depression. I haven't really had any days that I was down. Actually, I will say there was one day I wasn't really down, but I was um, a little discouraged. And that was when you came for the maybe five-day checkup, and he had lost almost 10% of his body weight or, yeah. And I was so nervous, like, oh, my God, I'm not producing enough milk. And I hadn't fed him, like, I didn't feel like I fed him a whole lot in those days. So I was, like, really nervous. So I did have that moment where I was down. And, again, you kind of re-encouraged me, told me to just keep him on the boob um, pretty much all the time. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I did. I followed exactly what you told me. And by, like, the next week, he was... He had caught, he had gained the weight that he needed to gain, and he is like a big baby right now. Actually, he he loves to eat. Like I feel like that's all I do all day is just eat, feed, feed. <laughs> How sweet! But postpartum's been really good. I think. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then on the eighth day, we had the Jewish moil come for circumcision. <sighs> oh my God! Yes. Yeah, that was the worst day of postpartum. That day, right there. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but you got through it. That was awful. Yeah, I got through it thanks to you guys. Oh my god! So Julia had kept saying she was never going to watch another circumcision. So I had it in my mind that I'm not going to ask Julia to come because she already said that she's not going <laughs> to watch another one. <laughs> So as the days are leading up to the circumcision, my boyfriend and I are getting really concerned and we're like, you know what? We really don't want to put this baby through that. We're, we're going to cancel it. Um, and then we kept talking to our families and everyone kind of was like, no, you should do it. Blah, blah, blah. And we just were battling with ourselves. Like, what should we do? And that day I posted on Facebook that I was nervous and I was soliciting prayers because mm-hmm. Uh, my boyfriend and I were going crazy and Julia had texted me cause she saw Facebook. Thank God for Facebook. 
Julia saw the Facebook post. <laughs> she texted me, like, do you want me to come? And I'm like, yes, please, please come. I didn't want to ask you, but if you could, I would be so grateful. And I'm telling you, if you and Christina did not come, our kid would not have gotten circumcised. We were going to call the Moyle and say, you know what? Thank you so much for your services, but we are canceling. Now we're responsible for his circumcision. You're responsible for my kids. He's going to thank you guys one day that he got it. Oh, dear. Because I'll tell him how we almost didn't get you circumcised. Oh, my goodness. And that was that was rough. That was very rough. Um, the guy, the Moyle was amazing, first yeah. of all. And he was recommended to me from Julia. And he was amazing. He was very knowledgeable. Um, and I trusted that, you know, things were going to go well. But to hear him scream like that, hear my baby scream like that, even though they did give him some numbing agents, he, to hear that cry, I was crying the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I was crying as hard as he was in the kitchen because I couldn't believe that I was allowing that to happen. But, um, like you said, Christina, we got through it. Right. You did. And, and it's such a personal choice. And I always tell people, I don't have an opinion one way or the other. My job is to support your choices. And you felt really strongly about it. You really wanted to do that. And so, you know, you did. And um, Dotton did a great job. And, and Yeah, he did. And it okay looks so now. good. It looks so good. And we did have some, like, scares in the days after Dante and I, just from how it looked. Um, but it looks so good. Um, he did a great job. So thank you for that yeah, recommendation. Absolutely. And thank you guys for being there. Yeah. Oh, my God. You're welcome. Oh, my God. It's part of the community. <laughs> yeah. Yep. yep. So that, that's an amazing, all of it, all of your story is so amazing. I'm so, so blessed that you shared it with us. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I'm so blessed that you guys invited me to be on your podcast. I'm so proud of your podcast mm -hmm. and I can just really see things taken off for you here in the Cleveland market, um, moving forward for sure. God willing. Cause I recommend mm -hmm. you to everybody who will listen. Oh, <laughs> you're so sweet. <laughs> yeah. Tiara, is there anything else you want to share with the audience before we wrap this up? Um, not really. I would just say if you are considering home birth, definitely do your research. Um, if you are too nervous to do it and want to do it at the hospital, don't feel bad for doing that either. As long as your baby gets here, I think that's the most important thing. But if you are going to go with the home birth route, definitely do your research and just surrender. Surrender. Just surrender. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Yep. Well, we don't want to keep you any longer from that sweet little baby open. So we'll let yeah, you we'll let you go snuggle him again. <laughs> and we yeah. really appreciate you being here with us today, Tiara. Thank you so much. It was such a pleasure. Thank you. Good luck with everything. Thank you. Thank you. We'll have Hi, a great girls. night and we'll chat soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Christina, that was so so wonderful to hear Tiara's story and you actually didn't make it to her birth because you had to work. I did. So it was the first time you heard her story. What do you think? Oh my gosh, she sounded so strong and so incredible. I wish I had been there to witness it, but I also feel like it was just God's plan for me to not be there. And it sounds like she had the just the right amount of support that she needed. But 
I really hope the listeners can can take away something from her story, just her complete and utter trust in her body and her body's ability. Like that's what we always go back to with all of these birth stories and really hearing the way that she articulates how she was able to get through it and just her trust. I think there's just so much wisdom there. Yeah, I agree with you. It was so incredible to hear to hear all the wisdom that came from her, especially it was her first baby. Yeah, that's incredible to me. It really is. I feel like because I had my first baby in the hospital and I did all of the normal things and so many of the stories we hear are like that. You know, we hear I hear a lot of second time home birthers. So whenever a first time mom has a home birth, I personally am just so amazed and impressed and just really blown away by their courage and their strength and their trust every single time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in the podcast, we talked about how they made the personal decision to have their son circumcised. And as you know, going on prenatal visits with me, when that topic comes up with my clients, I stress to them that it is a very personal decision and provide them with non-biased information for both options and encourage them to make the choice that they feel is best for their family. Right. Um, I think it's really important for people to know that we do not feel strongly one way or the other. Mm -hmm. What we feel very, very strongly about is supporting our clients' choices and letting them know that we are there to support them. And like Tiara said, she's right. I really didn't want to witness another circumcision. It's not something that I enjoy watching, but what I do enjoy doing is supporting my clients and knowing that she needed that support. There was no question in my mind that I was going to be there. And it was the first one that you had seen. So it was, you know, really awesome that you were there too. Yeah. I was apprehensive at first because we had seen Tiara a few days before the circumcision and she was joking with me that she wanted me there to support her and you know, then when the day came and you, you reached out to me and expressed that Tiara actually really was serious and she did need our support. So as much as I was apprehensive about witnessing something like that, I was so happy just to be there for her and her family in that way because if that was me, I would certainly want some community rallying around me and supporting me even if they if, if they didn't want, you know, if they didn't, just no matter what. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that's our job is to support them no matter what. Yeah, we need to create that community. Mm -hmm. There's not enough of it. We need that community. We need to support each other. Um, People do not need to be judged. They don't need to be told what to do, what they should or they shouldn't do. I don't like the should word. Right. (laughs) It's not a good word. And people need support. They need love. People Mm -hmm. need love. Yeah. And so... I'm just so happy that, you know, hearing her say that she felt surrounded, she felt community, she felt love, like that just makes me, it makes my heart burst, you know, just with peace and happiness, knowing that, that we brought that for them was awesome. I agree. So for people to learn more about circumcision, because a lot of people, who I talk to, they have no idea that a Jewish moil can come the house to the house and do it. Mm-hmm. So on the next episode, we are going to bring in the Jewish moil who I refer my clients to who did Tiara's son's circumcision. 
So you will hear all about what the traditions are in the Jewish culture, how he became a Jewish moyal, and, and what that procedure looks like. So stay tuned, everybody. We're going to bring you another amazing podcast next Monday. We love your support. We love your comments. Tell us what you want to hear. Subscribe to the Home Birth Experience on iTunes and Spotify. And now Stitcher too. Yes, now Stitcher Stitcher. too. (laughs) Yeah, Christina are kind of old fogies, so we didn't know that Stitcher was a thing. Some young kids told us about it. (laughs) So anyone out there that uses Stitcher, we're on there too now. Everyone, hope this finds you doing well and have a fantastic week. Till next week. Bye, everybody. Bye.